Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. Okay, podcast listeners, oh my gosh, today I think we've, well, I know we've got somebody who's going to make you go wow, uh, certainly makes me go wow. Um, so in a, in, a, in a minute, we're going to talk to Angela Cox. Now, I met Angela via social media, like you do in the modern world, and kind of intrigued by what she was doing and, and tracked her progress for a while. And then, you know, lo and behold, a manuscript lands on my desk or in my inbox. So she wanted me to have a quick look at a book she'd written, which now as an author, I, I'm really lucky to, uh, very lucky, you know, touch wood and all that. Um, I've had lots of luck with getting my books published so people think I'm an expert which I'm obviously not so I emailed Ange back and said look I'll have a look but I'm going to be honest with you if it's not very good I'm you know whatever if it's great I'll tell you if it's not great I'll tell you that as well but I'm not an expert anyway so you get around to reading the manuscript it's a bunch of A4 paper so it doesn't look like a book and but wow I mean pretty much gulp exclamation mark from page one um, I don't want to give you any plot spoilers but it's called Enough a big girl's a journey to lean I would say it's 50% biographical so it's it's Angela's story and it's 50% personal development and it's 100% authentic honest gripping um, uncomfortable in places I think we can say absolutely inspirational stuff so Angela how the devil are you Hello, I'm very well. Oh, thank good. you for having me. Uh, well, thank you for thank you for agreeing to come. Um, I can't remember if I asked you or you asked me in the end. You might have bullied me into this, but I know the <laughs> listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Um, I know you've already got a massive following, and podcast listeners, I want you to remember that you heard her here first, because Angela's <laughs> going to be all over the media very soon, because it's a very oh, powerful dear. story. So, I think um, normally I would ask about backstory and who are you and what you're all about, but... Um, I think the book takes us through all that. So let's start with the backstory. Let's start with growing up. Without spare us the gory details, yes, because, I will um, but it's quite a, it's an incredibly powerful story. So tell us what 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 you want to tell us. Okay. Um, well, obviously, my, my part of my story is called A Big Girl's Journey to Lean, but that's only really happened in the last two and a half years. Um, prior to that, from the age of ten, I spent my life on a diet. And ironically, I spent my life fat. Um, so those two things were working very <laughs> yeah. well together. Um, and most of that really was because I had underlying eating disorders, which I was completely oblivious to up until very recently, actually, um, and would go through iteration after iteration of, you know, trying a new diet, binge eating. Binge eating was established at nine years old. Um, then feeling shame and discomfort about that. And then obviously that becomes a vicious cycle and you binge eat some more. And then you use, in my case, salt water or laxatives or, you know, starvation to try and control it. But 
none of these things work and so you just carry on year after year after year getting bigger and bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller and bigger um and obviously with with all of these addictions um that anybody might have there is often an underlying cause and in my case it was childhood trauma which i'll I'll leave it there in terms of the level of detail um which I'd never ever dealt with but actually I was dealing with it by applying this sort of binge eating and bulimia style behaviors Um, and what's really interesting about it Andy is that from a career perspective massively successful everybody would look at Angela Cox and say you know enthusiastic driven um, life and soul of the party always got a smile on her face but it was very much a persona that I brought into the outside world. And that wasn't how I was feeling on the inside until two and a half years ago when life changed. Okay. Let me just continue the backstory just a little bit. Dare I, I don't want to get too personal, but how, how big was big? Because I mean, you oh, absolutely God, amazing. Yeah. I, I, I met you at the Happiness Festival about uh, a few you weeks did. ago. Did it was and amazing. I, I emailed to say I've never seen anybody look more alive than you did, right? In terms of the whole look and the dress and the confidence <sighs> and the, the the glowing on the outside, the ready back glow thing. So, so you're not Thank big you. now. How big? How big were you? I mean, that's a bit personal, but no, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's documented now. So my biggest, um, without being pregnant. Uh, I was 19 and a half stones Um, so you know I I got to sort of size 22 size 24 um, you know however you understand that Um, and then the smallest I'd ever been up until you know the last few years was a size 14 so I actually plotted my weight journey from age 18 to 38 and every year you know in true statistician style every year there was a high and a low which just sort of showed me on a graph, you know, the, the level of yo-yoing that went on. Uh, I mean, yes, and it's, like I say, it is a powerful story, and it's a very gulp story because there are issues in the in the background as well that I, the book certainly doesn't shirk those. So you're, you're, because what, what we hear... <laughs> What we hear about all the time is I, when I was reading the book, I'm thinking, of course, there's a there's a there's a big message there about um, a battle with food and and basically food addiction, but it's really much bigger than that because it's um, it's it's the overcoming adversity, what we call bounce back ability, or what 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 you know clever people might call resilience, or even yes. what 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 scientists will call post traumatic growth, is where we what 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 you do is is you've had a real low point in your life, you had a realization, and there's I can't remember which page it is, but they began, there's a page in the book where <laughs> do you know what you, you got angry with yourself, you said I've had enough, I've had enough of this. Yes. Um, in fact, I, so what was that? When when can you trace the the anger? Where, where when did you say? I'm not going to go on like this. I'm going to need to do something about it. Was there a point? There was a point, but it wasn't right at the start of what I call the lean journey. That The lean journey started and I was I was sort of on this eating plan that was all about healthy eating and exercise. So very, very different to what I'd done before. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. And, and sort of two weeks into that, I hadn't done any binge eating. And then a little book sort of came my way called positive thinking and I I started to read this book and it talked about affirmation and about practicing gratitude and all the stuff that I'd always said oh god you know that's stupid that's for somebody else not for me Um, but I thought you know what I'm just going to give it a go 
Um, and I, I developed some affirmations and I started to say them religiously and I'd go out for a walk and I'd think about the things that I was grateful for. And, and I started to see this shift in mindset coupled with the new ways of eating and coupled with exercise and endorphins flowing all the time. And I'd sort of got three months into this and done really well, not, not had any binge eating, life was starting to change. And it was at that moment where I thought, you know what, I can either give up now in the way that I always had before yeah. and go back to where I was. And I had this little conversation with myself in terms of what does good look like? You know, what does good look like? What could the vision be for the future? Great role model for my kids, fit and healthy lifestyle, being one of those Instagram people that I'd always aspired to be and never <laughs> thought I could be. And Or what, what's the worst that could happen? And the worst that could happen would be, you know, I'd be... 25 stone 30 stone yeah. eating junk food in my pit and you know not wanting to go out into the outside world and it was that moment where I just thought nah I'm choosing the right path <laughs> and I've been on that path ever since yeah but that right path is a more difficult path because it oh, requires totally. effort every single day isn't there every single yeah. day in yeah. effort in retraining your mind and effort in in knowing when when enough's enough and all that kind of stuff oh, and it's totally. so easy it's so easy to do the opposite isn't it it's so easy to to yeah well, I, I actually say it's easier to be fat yeah totally not I guess not from how you feel on the inside perspective yeah. um but it's easier to choose the wrong food, to not do the exercise, to not get up early and go for a walk, to not practice the daily affirmations or what I call my deliberate practices. Totally would be easier yeah. to do that. Um, but actually, the, the joy that you get from putting the effort in yeah. is so worth it. So yeah. worth it. Well, if people could see you now and, and then, then obviously you are the... Um, you're well, almost a poster girl, really, for for positive thinking and positive mindset. What do you know? What there's lots of things that I'm going to pick on a couple of bits in the book in a second. One of the things that just sprung to mind. Into, what did you call it? Intentional, in, intentional, deliberate practices. Deliberate practices. Because yes. my my big downfall is going on holiday. So when I go on holiday, you know, with, with my wife, we you know drink a bit too much, eat a bit too much, <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. And what what really? Because I was rereading your book last night, right? And your holiday things is is you let yourself go a tiny little bit, so you will have two yes. two ice creams, two ice yeah. creams a week. <laughs> you know, it's like so. There's a little reward, but so and I think that's really cool because it's not it's not. It's control. It's controlled pleasure, almost, isn't it? But you're saying what you. I think what you're really saying is you get more pleasure from from feeling amazing. Yes. That, that it's worth making those sacrifices. To paraphrase. Totally, and I. Yeah. I actually don't see it as a sacrifice anymore. No, I did no. for, for probably the first year. Yes. But I think now I'm in the headspace of the food isn't the reward. Actually, the, the outcome of not overeating is the reward in terms of feeling great, as you yeah. said, and, you know, having the time with my family. So rather than thinking, oh, we're going for a meal, what am I going to eat, what am I going to eat, what am I going to eat, which was always the thing I would consider, it's, oh, we're going for a meal, it's time with the kids, it's time with Martin, yeah. my husband, where we can chat and engage, and yeah. it's just kind of a, a switch in thinking that's totally revolutionized everything. And yeah, if I have an ice cream, it's great but if i don't it's also great yeah 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 okay wow i love it do you know what i just tell it i have i did I, i'll keep this anonymous i did a course yesterday and um 
so it's two it was two sort of half day after being brilliant which is our flagship thing and it it, no, it it went really well you know 50 people in the morning 50 people in the afternoon wow so 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 40 50 people leave in the morning i've got an hour to kind of regroup and and, and rethink and, and one of the delegates lingered afterwards young lad he's 21 and oh. he said uh, he said yeah i really enjoyed that and he says but i won't be doing it so I've, oh. I've, been, I've been just doing something about positive psychology, changing your mindset, rewiring your brain, to, you know, all this kind of good stuff. He says, I won't be doing it, he says, because, um, well, he started with because I'm depressed. I only work two days. He's 21, right? I only work two days a week. Can't work any more than that because uh, I can't be bothered to, to get out of bed. And he said, do you know what? Six months ago or a year ago... Um, I went out cycling every day. I loved it. I came alive. I lost three stone. And he says, my life was amazing. And then, and then I said, and, 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 and then he said, I couldn't be bothered anymore. So I'm like, so oh, I said, hang on. Gosh. I said, hang on, mate. So you're depressed. You're on pills. So all of a sudden you're off the pills because cycling, basically the, the body will create endorphins for you. You don't have to kind of, you know, you yes. take pills for that. So you did it for six months. It worked. You lost three stone and your life was epic. And then you stopped doing what was working. And, and you I'm go like, back. Yeah, and, he, and he's now, he's, he's put this three stone back on and he says, well, <sighs> the computer games, I enjoy my computer games now. And I'm like, well, for God's sake, you know <laughs> the answer. Everybody listening yeah. to this podcast knows what they should be doing. But the key thing yes. about you is you did it and you rewired. And and you, re you basically rewired your entire kind of circuitry and your habits and the way you talk yes. to yourself. So it's really all about your thinking. Um, and if I stop, I go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that. And I absolutely know that, which is why I won't stop. Yeah, fantastic. I'm going to just read a quote. It's not one, It's a quote that you use in your book from a lady I don't know called Jenna Galbert. And it's. Uh, uh -huh. I'd just like to pick up on this quote. I think it's very powerful. I'll be tweeting it later and claiming it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. <laughs> You'll get no credit at all. So it's in it's in part two, uh, and it says, I believe that my pain would be the source of my trauma forever. Then suddenly I realised this one thing. All of my scars and all of my wounds were also the source of my understanding. I wasn't breaking. I was being built. That's uh -huh. Jenna Galbert. Uh, now, She's I don't know who Jenna is. I don't, I, I don't know who Jenna Neither is. Neither do I. Um, I wasn't breaking. I was being, being built. built. What 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 do you understand by that? What, what... I think it's this thing around every single experience that we have is there to teach us something. And it's that kind of, you know, rather than looking at it as being a victim and, oh, another thing's happening to me, another thing's happening to me. It's this thing around, okay, when something happens that isn't hugely positive or is traumatic or, you know, isn't something that we choose, what is there in that message that you can learn and that can help you grow? And there's always something in everything that happens. I find it now with internet trolls. They teach me something, even though it's uncomfortable. They teach me something every time. And, I, I you know, that for me is is the thing from that message. Crikey. You've, oh, you've come a long way, haven't you? You've come a long way from that from that 10-year-old. Um, oh, God, yeah. Haven't you just? Haven't totally. You just? Um, by the way, I also uh, I like the way your book's written. You, because when I asked you earlier about was there a moment, and I think even in the book you say it's not a particular moment, but I think you describe it as a it was a slow exhale of realization. <laughs> well, you use this really I can't quite remember what the phrase was. It was like almost a you know I've, yeah, I've, just ease into it easing into this kind of new yeah. version of you. And and you're right. You know what future do you want? Do you want the sort of really seriously you know overweight and that's bad for your family it's bad for your relationships it's bad for yeah. your kids 
or do you totally. want to come out fighting? And and so you reached a tipping point there, which is which is interesting. Um, also, I really like the. Um, I never really thought about it before. You you say a bit about, about. I don't know if you remember knowing what you've written here, but you wrote a bit about being a cheerleader. Yeah. You said you said something grab your like. Pom-poms. Yeah, yeah. Grab your pom poms. <laughs> you're a cheerleader. And I read that and I thought, okay, I'm not sure about that. But then as I read it, I'm going because because your your point is that the cheerleader isn't just there at the end to cheer the victory. No. The cheerleader oh. is there all the way through to cheer the little victories all and 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 yes. encourage people. And it's almost like it was like the chapter's written from "Be your own cheerleader." Yes. Yeah, so yeah grab totally. And, and even when things are going wrong, that's, you know, if you watch a game, that's when the cheerleaders start going off their heads. You know, things are going wrong, they've got to G up the players. And when things are going wrong for you or you're having a bad day, you've got to cheer yourself up. You've got to kind of, you know, believe in yourself and encourage yourself and, and give yourself that inner strength and that push that you need. Um, so I, I'm a great believer in it. I've got this voice in my head. I refer to in the book called Miss Medler. She is my inner critic. And, and my cheerleader is the person that helps me to, you know, to kind of combat the things that, that she says, because we've all got that nagging voice in our head, haven't we, of self-doubt. And the cheerleading thing is about trying to mitigate that. And, I love and it. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, everybody's got the voice of self-doubt. Even the people who you think have really got everything together, they're still in yeah. their head. It's still in their head. They're screaming in their yeah. head that they can't do it. And wait, we're all waiting to be found out. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are. I used to think it was just me, but okay. it's no, it's everybody. No. It, it's called negativity bias. So what your brain does all the time is picks, it picks, it tells you you're an idiot. Everybody is telling themselves they're an idiot, and it's. So the I love che- how clever you are. So, the way. Well, well, I'm not really, amazing. not really. It's just a couple of throw, throw some mildly intelligent phrases. People believe you're clever. You see, see, I'm talking <laughs> myself down again. It's negative chatter in my head. <laughs> well, you're not really a doctor, are you? Oh, well, I must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I do I, I, yeah I think the ability to not take oneself too seriously is a really important yeah. quality I think um, but but you're right the cheerleader I think is a really smart way of of overcoming that that, that negative chatter that, that default yes. negative because everybody in their head is go- the default position is they're going to beat themselves up mentally unless they change that unless they change that voice um, yes. but, but most people believe that voice to be real and it's not it's just thinking and thinking you're in yeah, charge totally. you, yeah you're in charge so yeah. tell me about so let's go because i know you've got you've got kids you've got a daughter and 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 i think and, that, a, son. and a son so you yeah so imagine being a teenage girl now because oh, yeah. aren't they under even more pressure oh it's just awful isn't it because it's all about looks every way i mean you know I'm, i don't watch tv but everyone's talking about love island and you know it's all about what your body's like and what your hair's like and what your teeth are like and what your eyebrows are like and and it's less about sort of intelligence or integrity or values and what i'm trying to instill in in my daughter is this idea of self-worth and and you know she came home from school the other day and she said Oh, the teacher said to my um, to my friend, "Oh, you only got seven out of eight in your spelling test. You've let yourself down." And I was like, "She said what?" <laughs> and um, I said, "What did you get, Coral, in your spelling test?" She said, "Oh, I got seven out of eight, Mummy." And I said, "Well, you know what? If you'd have got none out of eight, that would have been okay." And she looked at me in horror. She said, "Oh my God, Mummy, that wouldn't have been okay." And I said, "It would because you've practiced all week." And she sort of had this moment of realization and it's this thing around do your best and it's enough. And that's what I'm trying to instill in her. Um, and this idea that 
you know if she if she believes in herself it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks um and if they grow up like that i'll be so happy because that's what was missing in my teenage years and a lot of my adult years so okay well i think that's yeah. terrific uh, the challenge is obviously because you know not, not every single parent will will be doing what you're doing and your daughter's mixing with other girls who will be obsessed with superficial yes. stuff and the challenge yeah so it is a challenge yeah and just a little plug for what we're doing actually at the moment which ties in with that we've just written a GCSE well-being as a as a solid client of proper looking syllabus so it's a, like a middle finger up to Ofsted really as a as a way of creating some publicity and saying, why, why are we not teaching teenagers how to take control of their own voice and their own mental oh. well-being so instead of wouldn't totally. it be really cool if you if your daughter if if on a Monday she had double math double English double happiness and double French that that happiness lesson oh, would be just, just so cool wouldn't it yeah so oh, anyway I'd we, just love we, it. we want to launch it. that we, we're about to launch that in fact in about two well weeks done. so so watch this space for that um so just a couple of can I just I just want to read one more just little little bit and this is the bit where you became yes. angry with yourself so it's on page 78 and it says I'm not going to read the whole thing but it says you're about to start an exciting new job so it says I knew that I was talented and successful and yet I never felt worthy and this needed to change I looked around at the most successful people I knew and realized they all had one thing in common they took health and well-being seriously if they could do it why couldn't I why couldn't I be one of those women who loved exercise and drinking green juice it um it suddenly all seemed so simple the only thing that was standing in my way was me i had to believe i was worthy i needed to change the way i was thinking i needed to start thinking like a slim healthy fit person and then i had to behave like one and if that is not the yes. most powerful paragraph a eh, that i've read in a long long time yeah because it's all wow. we're back to mindset again aren't we we're entirely back mm. to mindset and you having to well make difficult uh, changes because because what happens with your negative mindset that becomes so ingrained in your default way of thinking that it's hard to change I always tell people it's yes. easy to learn new stuff it's quite easy to learn uh, new new things but it's really difficult to let go of old things so old yes. ways of thinking and old habits are really difficult to let go of um, yeah, so so right ingrained, let, aren't they? yeah yeah they are indeed so so moving forward so what's what's the day job now then because now the book's coming out <laughs> Are you? Because I know you coach and you do. Are you going to deliver sessions in schools, for for example? Because I think your message to for teenagers is astoundingly powerful. Oh. So, what's the next five years? Wouldn't it be like? amazing? So, at the moment, I am a director in a consulting firm and and have been for for a long time working in corporate environments as well. And and I'm at that tipping point now where I'm saying, actually, is that what I want to do? Is that my purpose? And I don't feel like it is. I feel like I've enjoyed it up until this moment, and now there's something different that I need to do. So I'm sort of looking at what that is and and how I could package that together into something that I could offer. And I think it's going to start with motivational speaking. And, and you're right, going into schools would just be incredible. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm on the, at the start of another journey, Andy, oh, in it? terms of where that's going to take me. Okay, we might be able to help you out with that. We'll have to have a chat off air about that one because I, I, honestly, I think, um, well, particularly, particularly teenagers need need this message um, because what teenagers really like is a powerful backstory, is a, a um, you know, something that's quite hard hitting actually that grabs their attention. Because I can, ba I bounce yeah. into schools and I'm like, I'm, I haven't really got a backstory. I'm just happy. I mean, nobody's interested in that really, kids. <laughs> but, but you know, I've not had an illness and I've not really, you know. I've never been in a wheelchair, and, 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 and but uh, but you're very I, lucky. 
Yeah, I am very lucky. Yeah, yeah. But kids yeah. aren't interested in that happiness, are they? they <laughs> but but if coming at it from your point of view is is actually look at uh, how the world made me feel, and then I took charge of how I feel, and now look at me. It's like mm-hmm. okay. So so anyway, yeah. I mean, that's obviously going to be very powerful going forward. Um, it's another question. Another question. Another question. And it's Gosh. about swimming lessons ah. <laughs> <laughs> why right okay. first of all you can't you you've taken two or three swimming lessons why i have okay so it's a bit of a story have we got time it's about Go five minutes it. probably so um i sought therapy last year to try try and deal with I, I've been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder yeah um, part of the trauma from childhood so I've been going through therapy to try and sort of heal from that and it's been amazing and it's not been the type of therapy that I thought it would be where you sit and kind of cry a lot and all of that that the therapist said to me you have a mental illness but you don't have a physical illness and therefore you don't have to behave like you're physically ill, which is what a lot of people with mental illnesses are prone to do. So should you don't need to go and hide away and, you know, sit and mope, you actually need to get out there and do things that you haven't done before. I was like, okay, this sounds So I signed up for a half marathon, 150 obstacle rat race, which sounded hell and it was hell for a lot of it but totally enjoyable as well like a massive smile on my face all the way through until the point that I got to the water obstacle which was essentially to throw yourself off a 12 foot platform into a massive pool of muddy water and I can't swim and for 40 years I've never put my face in water because I'm terrified so I stood on the edge of this platform going oh my god I can't do it oh my god I can't do it and then I'm going no you can't stop it in a voice I can do this I can do this but I'm terrified so I did it I didn't do it in style I did it crying all the way through but I plunged into the water I felt like I'd been underwater for about 10 minutes by the time I popped up again and then they threw me this ring to sort of haul me in and then I had this I'd say it was a mild panic attack Andy on the side of the pool and then I walked around the corner and there was another water obstacle and then there was another one. <laughs> so this kind of torture went on for for several, about half an hour probably. And we got to the end, felt, you know, very elated. And all my friends said, let's sign up again for next year. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that to myself again. And they said, come on. So I was like, right, sign me up, but I'm going to go and have swimming lessons. And then at the same time, I decided I was going to train for a triathlon. So... I'm now learning how to do front crawl and I'm having my face in the water and I'm loving it. Oh my gosh. So um, that how Please. cool is that? Well, that's the best. I think your therapist is the best therapist in the world because they're oh, focusing on, on what you should be doing and getting out there. And We always talk about making a dent in the universe and I think yeah. you're definitely doing that. Yeah. Crikey. Plus, it's another excuse to keep fit, get fit, eat healthy because of a, tri- a triathlon, oh, did you say? Oh, triathlon yeah so i'm gonna i need to be able to swim 400 meters so that's the goal for next may okay Um, keep us updated on social media via that one girl yeah that's awesome i will i will i love training (laughs) okay right um uh, last question then really last question and uh it's, uh, okay. it's the, what what makes you happy i i can probably guess actually what makes you happy but <laughs> let's just confirm what makes you happy i've seen i've seen uh you sent a wonderful little youtube picture of your daughter by the way doing those after that um positive stuff to camera oh, and i was like welling up i don't know about i was welling me. up 
so cool she's so lovely yeah i mean obviously my children make me happy they are just amazing um there are times when they're not amazing don't get me wrong um when they're little monkeys but on the whole they're they're amazing i think exercise makes me happy but i think the big learning for me is i always thought that other people made me should make me happy i hate that word should um and that and that things like shopping would make me happy having lots of stuff um but what I've established is the only way I'm properly happy is when I kind of get up and decide to be. And there's a, there's a thing around when you have a mental illness, there are some days where you can choose to be happy and it doesn't quite work out. And I have this um, analogy of a vending machine. You know those vending machines with the chocolate bars, and the, which are probably the wrong thing, chocolate, isn't it? But chocolate bars, and they've got those um, spiral chrome things that do the dispensing. And you put your money in and you're waiting for your Mars bar and, and the spiral thing starts to turn and then suddenly it stops just before the Mars bar is going to drop. And I think that's the same with happiness. Some days, if you have got a mental illness, you choose in the morning that you want to be happy and it doesn't quite deliver. It just kind of stays there hanging. But what's lovely about it is you know that there's 25 other chocolate bars in there that you can choose or there's another day tomorrow where you can wake up and choose it again. And by by choosing it and trying it means that you don't go further down and down and down so for me it is that kind of wake up in the morning and decide how you're going to feel decide you're going to feel happy even if you don't because it does lift the mood and, and kind of get you through the day yeah fantastic i mean the thing is you you articulated in about 90 seconds there what it took me 12 years to find out academically by interviewing happy people is that is that choice so the kind of positive mental attitude that you carry around with you is huge. That opens you up to happiness. But also that yeah. there's effort there's effort involved in it. And it's back to what we started with. Oh. It's easy to it's easy to slump out of bed with a can't be arsed attitude and mope mope your way through yeah. your day. It's a doddle to do that. Look round. I describe it like uh, if you watch. Um, uh, the Bruce Willis movie Sixth Sense there's a line in that movie where, where this little boy says to Bruce Willis I see dead people and do you know what Angela I see a lot of those uh -huh. you know they've got a pulse but they're not really fully engaged with, with, their, with their life and I think to see you fully engaged is, is heartwarming I mean I didn't know the old version of you but um, the new version of you is like totally wowzer so, so if I bro yeah. draw it to, to a halt there because I know you you got a lot on and I've got a lot on but I think thank you for joining us there's um there's a quote there's something like it's, it's something because you spoke about swimming some quote I can't remember quite what it is but I've just jotted it down here um, it's not falling in the water that kills you it's staying there and I think it's so what I, I think in oh, terms of swimming yeah, and all that like kind that. of stuff uh, and I think too many people is as falling in the water and staying there and, and life is life is full on life is relentless life life can be harsh and your last point there yes. was alluding to the fact that it's okay to have a bad day you know sometimes yeah. sometimes sometimes d d despite your best efforts you will have a crap day you know things will go badly but tomorrow's another day and you've got another choice yes. and, and more effort to put into making it as good as you can and and if your happiness is linked, you link with your kids' happiness and your husband's happiness, which it is, then you owe it to them as well to make that effort, don't you? Yes. So everybody listening to this, totally. those big messages. And Oof. my children will be reading your child, your your uh, book that you've written because hey, your, your books were amazing. Oh, my thanks. my husband and I read your book on holiday, The Art of Being Brilliant. We're both on sun lounges next to each other. I listened, he read, 
And it, we were both like, oh, my God, oh, my God, look at this bit, look at this bit. We love it. Oh, bless, bless. That's you plugging it. my Shine. book, me plugging your book. This is a uh, yeah, yeah, mutual back-scratching. You deserve it. It's incredible. Fantastic. Girl. Well, yours is as well. <laughs> yours is as well. trading. Um, so yours is uh, out. It's on Amazon now, so people can get hold of it. It's called uh, Enough: A Big Girl's Journey to Lean. Angela Cox, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, I really appreciate it. It's been a joy. And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.